0: Hello, Masterplan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is, as always, an absolute pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce master plan, author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Last week, we had a very special expert guest on, Janet Murray, the PR extraordinaire. And if you want to know how to get more coverage for your business, then you need to listen back to last week's show. But don't do it now, because right now, you want to finish listening to this great episode and find out all about today's guest, who is Charles Fitzgerald, the founder of online only American retailer, The Cool Shop, spelt K-E-W-L. It's a fashion retailer specialising in bandage dresses. They launched in late 2012 and are now approaching the 50,000 visitors per month mark and converting those at around the 1% mark. Hi, Charles.
1: Hi, Chloe. How are you?
0: I'm very good today. Thank you. And I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and where you're at right now. So how did you get started off in e-commerce?
1: I, uh, well, Chloe, I'm in, I'm in Singapore right now, so it's 8, 8.30 in the evening. Um, very good to talk to you, obviously. Starting in, in e-commerce was really um, just a function of, of, of wanting tr- to transition a, a corporate life into something a little bit more comfortable. So uh, a lot of thinking around the time about uh, exactly how to do that and spent a little bit of time examining different, different outlets and different ways of doing things. Uh, not a very difficult decision in the end. Uh, going into an internet e-commerce business seems like the logical thing to do, especially if you you know you want the freedom that comes with it. So uh, yeah, it was a thought through um, decision, and it was made you know about two or so years ago, really to exit a corporate life that didn't provide me with you know the freedom, the life challenges that I that I needed at the time.
0: So were you weighing up kind of different e-commerce ideas, or was it e-commerce versus something totally different?
1: I think over the years, I've been looking at a whole lot of different ideas, but it becomes quite a simple decision when you realize how how young the the Internet is. You know, it's only sort of 10, 15 years old. Getting a foothold and a presence onto the Internet now can only leave you in a very, very good position over time. So, you know, just like anything, starting as soon as you can and, and planning for the long term seems like something sensible to do, particularly in e-commerce and and on the internet, uh, simply because it's such a young business with so much opportunity, or such a young market with so much opportunity.
0: And um, let's start getting into a bit more about the business then. Uh, You mentioned that you're in Singapore and everyone will be going, but Chloe said it's an American business. And then I know your team is kind of all over the place. So do you want to tell us a little bit about where in the world you are and where you're selling to and just clear that up for everybody?
1: Yeah, we we do indeed have a very virtual team. So we've got uh, we've got people in the US supporting the business there. So all our customer services teams are, are in the US. Uh we, we have a copywriting team in the US, we have a small warehouse in the US, um we've got, you know, our, our cleaners in the in the US. So that there's a big presence in the US, but from a management perspective and also from a servicing perspective, we've got a lot of our team Outside the U.S., so I've chosen to live in Singapore. That's really a lifestyle choice, uh, and so I, I personally run it out of Singapore. But we have people in India doing uh, the IT development work. We have people in the Philippines doing some of the design work and uh, the website design work. Um, we have people in Thailand uh, doing some of the modeling. We do all our photo shoots out of Thailand, for instance. And then we have our uh, factories in China as well, with uh, you know five or six people. In China so we are truly quite distributed but our sole market is the US so everything is targeted towards the US Um, you know everything you can you can turn towards the US of Google etc is all is all targeted towards the US that's kind of how it works and it actually works quite well I don't have an office Um, I, I literally have a backpack and my PC goes in the backpack when I get up in the morning. And, you know, I'll decide what I'm going to do for the day and, uh, you know, I might go and sit in a Starbucks or I might go and uh, sit in the local gym or, you know, whatever I feel like I want to do. That's really how we operate. It's brilliant. It truly is freedom. And once you've tasted this drug called freedom, it's very difficult to get it out of your, your system.
0: <laughs> cool. I think we'll, we may well end up talking a little bit of those those factors later on. But, but you said so literally 99%, 100% of the sales are all to the US public?
1: Well, all our, all our advertising and our marketing is targeted towards the US, but of course, you know, anyone can find us internationally. And, you know, as, as we're beginning to creep up the search uh, rankings, people are finding us, particularly in the UK and in Europe. So we are seeing an increasing number of orders going out to, to Europe and the UK, but yeah it's very very small proportion compared to to what's in the u s also the site is priced in u s dollars if a customer wants to return they have to ship the dress back to our warehouse in u s dollars so it's not ideal you know for customers in in europe or or uh, Australia or anywhere else to to buy from us
0: so it's a nice bonus to have those international sales, but it's very much not the be all end all
1: it's it's definitely not something we're targeting. If if they come, of course we you know we'll we accept them and we treat them just like all our customers. Cool. Um, but it's, but it's not a it's not a target market for us.
0: And then the the other kind of mysterious bit about the intro was I said you specialize in bandage dresses. Uh, mm. Can you can you explain those for the listeners who are kind of going? Because once once you know what they are, it makes perfect sense as a descriptor. But I think there'll be a few people going, what?
1: <laughs> well, you could visit our blog because we have the, the, the plenty of explanations of what they are. But effectively, they're just these celebrity-type dresses that are very uh, figure-hugging and uh, body-moulding, I guess, as it were. So um, they're made of a, a sort of thick, elastic material. It's a bit like, you know, spandex. Uh, so you, you put them on, and they shape your body, and... Uh, they're apparently very comfortable and uh, nice to wear. I've never, worn, I've never worn one. I've never
0: worn one. You've never been tempted. Yeah, but you know, some
1: some thought went into into the into that product as well. Um, and and there's maybe there's a good lesson there too, you know, because there are a number of websites that sell them, and they dresses, of course, and you know, so there's a lot there's a lot of competition for them. But I think the, the key message here is that you can be successful selling something that everyone else is selling or that a lot of other competitors are selling. You just have to find where, where to differentiate yourself.
0: Yeah, because dresses can be can be a bit of a nightmare online because one person's nice dress is another one's not so nice dress, um, and it, it's really hard to get the keywords right around all of that. And I think we let's come on come on to that a little bit later on how you differentiate in that area. But you mentioned that you're manufacturing the products as well. So are they? Is it? And you're not buying in the product, rather your your team are designing the right products for your customers.
1: Well. We're manufacturing some of our products. We're not manufacturing them all. The, 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 the Chinese are, you know, they're great entrepreneurs within themselves. So, so they have a very keen sense of what is, is selling and what is not. So we, we tap into the Chinese market. You know, we've got good personal friends over there. We're always, we're always going over to China. We're looking at the flow of the, the dresses and the, the various products across the Chinese markets, and we can see what is popular. And then we'll go out and source it from a, a friendly uh, manufacturer, for instance. So that, that's kind of how we started. We were, we were going over there talking to the people in China, working out what was, was selling, what was trending, what was hot, and then examining different outlets that, that were making that, that style and then choosing the style that we wanted. But oh, we've, oh, we've, de- cool. we've, developed, we've developed from that. So now we are manufacturing some of our own dresses and some of our own designs you know they're they're subtle though so for instance we're producing a longer version of a dress that that you know we used to sell um, and obtain from from an existing supplier so the longer version is our version that that type of thing
0: so when you need to you're now manufacturing your own variants but it's still (laughs) kind of you know looking to see what's out there and putting the right the right mix together
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, another one has been extra large. There are no uh, vendors out there are selling extra large in these dresses. So we we sell and make extra large.
0: Oh, excellent. And what's the platform you're selling on at the moment? Have you got something bespoke? Are you a Magento or Shopify business?
1: We're on Shopify. um, And that's been... I haven't had too many experiences with with other platforms, but Shopify has been been very successful. I've never felt at any point that... Uh, we need to change, or do anything dr- dramatic with it. And th- there's a huge amount of variation within Shopify, and you can go down some wrong paths, which we did. But I, I think, for all intents and purposes, Shopify works very well.
0: If anyone's thinking of starting out on Shopify, you'll get a great deal on your fees if you head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Shopify as a a little special something for our listeners. And obviously one of the great things about Shopify is all the widgets and plugins you can put into it. So have you got a couple of top recommendations in that area for Charles?
1: Um, I think you need to have the standard ones, you know, the ones that focus on customer service and the ones that make your website look good. So, you know, we've got live chat, uh, Zopam and Zendesk are the, the applications we use for that. Uh, there's a very nifty little one called AfterShip, which um, takes all your orders from Shopify and, uh, and, and the tracking details and then SMSs and uh, follows up with customers on where their packages are for you and, no- and notifies you when something's gone wrong. So that's quite good. Customers love to get we, – we send out an SMS that says, your, your package will arrive in the next hour, and then everyone gets excited.
0: So. Oh, that's cool! <laughs> Very nice. Um, and oh, and we've already talked about, about your team. So we we were touching on earlier about how you differentiate in your marketplace, and what are the what are the key ways you've gone about differentiating?
1: Um, I mean, we just look at things across the board and try to be as different as we can. I mean, from from the name, you know, we try not to be too. Kind of uh, girly and boutique-ish. We want the name to, to stand out and for people to remember it. Um, I mean, so many people struggle with the name; they don't know how to pronounce it, and then they'll have a look at the website and they will say, "Oh, that's so cool," and we'll say, "Yeah, that's the name, right?" <laughs> <laughs> so that's the kind of history. So that's the the one way. I mean, things like your the policy, your policies, the way you do do business. So all our competitors have you know seven, 14 day return policies. We have sixty. We're thinking about turning that to a hundred days. So that's a key differentiator. Uh, free shipping. We have 24 seven customer service. Uh, we put all our dresses on our own models. Um, you know, we, we give detailed reviews on them. Uh, all the style reviews we have bloggers doing reviews of our dresses and we publish all of those on the website. So a customer is very informed when they, when they come to the website and have a look at uh, what, what we have to offer. Um, and then we write a blog. We've become a real authority in in what we're selling. Uh, so, you know, if people want to know what a bandage dress is, we just give them the link to our blog. Uh, that type of thing. So, you know, there are there are lots of ways to differentiate. I'd say the key one though is in customer service and being available. So many websites uh, just you know don't do that. Um, and we, we make a real effort in trying to please people because
0: yeah, you've. I wanted to ask you about the, the decision to do 24-7 customer services. Was that a bit of a, uh, lots of spreadsheets and numbers wearing around to work out if it was worth it? Or was that just an, a no-brainer for you from, from day one in order to, to be, provide the right customer service?
1: Yeah, it just seemed like a no-brainer. We didn't want anyone to wait for anything. So if you write us an email, you, you, know, you literally get an, an answer within an hour, two hours max. Uh, there's always someone on live chat. Um, and, you know, the, the the telephone is also operated, sometimes not 24 hours, but pretty much pretty close to it. And being in, you know, two vastly different geographical places helps. So we've got, you know, a big piece of our customer service in the US, but we've also got people in Asia that help out. I'll even help out um, from time to time. So, um, you know, we've always got someone available.
0: So it's always been a not getting Ameri- the American customer service team to stay up all night. Rather, it's been about finding the right members of the team around the world to deliver that customer service.
1: Yeah, correct. And we've got a we've also got a, a, a young girl called Helen. Uh, she she's in a wheelchair, so she had a bad accident when she was younger. She runs our customer service department, and she's very loyal. So you know, she she in fact a, a lot of the twenty four seven. Uh, service comes from her because she's been willing to to work all sorts of hours to accommodate us. So you know that proves the point. making you know making sure you hire the right people who are committed to your endeavor helps a lot. well
0: when you're when you're aiming for customer service to be such a big differentiator, you can't just say we're going to look after the customers and ignore the team. you've got to get the team who <laughs> care about the customers and who realize that you as the owners care about the team as well. otherwise they they that won't get passed on to the customer.
1: I think that's right, uh, you know it's a huge worry not being able to have the right people work for you and do the right things because particularly as you grow there's there's let there's fewer and fewer touch points that you can have, so you have to allow your team to to do the work you know there, there was a point when I was answering every email myself, but of course I can't do that anymore, so you know Helen does that now she's she's looking at other people who help out so yeah you're right it's you know it's making sure you have the right people treating your customers well, but then equally making sure that the team is happy and that's quite hard to do when you all sort of geographically uh, distributed. you know there are no team parties or after work drinks or anything like that.
0: One of the things yeah. I, I have a, um, a team I manage who are a few hundred miles away from me, so at least they're in the same time zone, but one of the things we I found was quite tricky was that that you don't get that casual bumping into someone the coffee machine you know you you don't get the you, yeah you, you you catch up with them an awful lot and you but it's always work focused. there's never any soft time so do you have you know a couple of tips for people who are managing remote teams on what you found works yeah I
1: think you need to be open to you know what that individual your, your employee likes and you know how they how they like to be contacted and and so so you know f- For instance, some of our people we talk to on Skype, we've got a a nifty little system called Podio as well. It's our project management system that you can talk to people through that as well. But I also always, um, you know, we we also live in a very text oriented world. So I always take the time out to to drop a text or, you know, a a Skype text or Podio text or something like that to uh to the to the to the people and if they want to chat uh, you know i'll take an hour out and just just chat to them um and we have i think that we're fortunate in that everyone's quite committed it's nice when when the business is is interesting and is growing and and you know people are interested in seeing how it's going to develop so um it's been easy i think and it's probably going to get more difficult uh, as as it grows
0: yeah, I, I, like, I like the point you make about people get excited by the fact we're growing and that inspires them in and of itself. I think that's something which we often forget. So I think you make a really interesting point there about how simply the growth of the business can keep people engaged and excited about what's get going on. And I think that's, that's something we kind of forget as we're building businesses is that the, the team are just as inspired by the growth as the rest of us. Mm.
1: Yeah, and what's odd about these businesses is it's very difficult to see the growth because, you know, every day they're just looking at a website. So you do have to play it back to them as well. You know, like, so Helen, everyone on the team, sort of the heads of the department, they'll all all sort of contribute on at least a monthly basis as to what is happening on their side and get excited. So Helen will say things like, oh, we, we got X amount of chats or Y amount of telephone calls. You know I'll give a little bit a little bit of a spiel around the financials and how we're growing or search results or something like that, just to play back the uh, the business.
0: yeah, just make sure everyone's in the loop.
1: yeah, absolutely
0: and then the the other side of the differentiation you were talking about was the blog that you've got running and the getting influences involved in terms of fashion bloggers and all the rest of that. I'm you know and you said earlier about the fact you're climbing the search rankings. I'm guessing content marketing is is a big part of what you're up to at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think the blog is, you know, it's a huge aspect of any of these businesses. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an even bigger differentiator for us. So none of our competitors have a blog. And I think it's quite, I think one of the reasons is it's quite expensive to run a blog. And it's quite difficult because you, you need to publish regularly. So we publish twice a week. And you need to pub- publish good, you know, well thought through, well researched articles. So all our articles are at least one and a half thousand, two thousand words. They, they're quite well researched. And they're quite well targeted. And, and if you do that, um, and then you couple that with some outreach, so we are, you know, we are spreading the word about the blog. You do tend to pick up search results. And my, my feeling is that the more you publish, the more you, you, uh, you pick up search numbers. And, you know, I don't think that's, a, that's a little secret. I, I think, you know, a lot of people talk about that. I mean, one of the things that happens is you just put a lot more text on your website.
0: Which is so always a good thing.
1: Yeah, therefore, you just naturally have a lot more for Google and other SERPs to index. And I think that you know, the, using the blog to establish your authority, those two aspects are you know make make a big difference.
0: Definitely, definitely, yeah. and it, it's um, it's certainly having had a look around your blog, you know, there's some really good content on there and well worth a look for anyone who's thinking of starting blogging to to see the the range of different types of content you can make about what's quite a straightforward. Product on the surface of it. So, uh, Charles, what do you think is the most awesome thing about your business right now? Um, it's quite. I mean, there's quite.
1: There's quite a lot. I mean, I, I would. I mean, I don't. I don't want everyone to, to think that it's just plain sailing. I mean, I think if you were to, to wake me up early in the morning and remind me of the business would probably generate more cobbled shivers than it would. Awesomeness. <laughs> I mean, there's always. You know, are we going to get those extra 10,000 visitors? Are we going to succeed? Are we going to run out of money? You know, are we doing the right thing? There's a lot There's a lot of that fear, a, a huge amount of that fear. And you, you can have a, an investment or you can have a business and, and not really invest in it, but you're probably not going to be hugely successful. Um, or you can just kind of go for broke. And, and in a way we have or, or we are going for broke. You know, we're either going to make this a huge success or, or it's not going to be a success at all. So that that scares me. That scares me hugely. But the flip side is just the freedom. You know, the I don't own a suit anymore. I, I don't uh, most of the day. I mean, the, the weather in Singapore is a, a steady 30 degrees Celsius. So I'm always in shorts and slippers. <laughs>
0: so um you mentioned about the fear how do you when because we all get those moments of oh my god the world's going to crash down it's all going to go go to go to pot do you have any tips for dealing with the fear and for getting past it
1: i just I, i just kind of analyze and make sure i understand the business and and then sort of look back over the last week the last month the last three months the last six months and just reassure myself that you know, it's all happening the way it's meant to happen. You know, it's unlikely just to fall off a cliff. You know, unless we do something drastically wrong. And so, I'll just spend some time in front of the the spreadsheets and sort of look back and make sure that you know we're hitting those conversion rates, we're hitting those numbers. So just so, uh,
0: prove to yourself that you it's an irrational fear.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that's probably what I do. Other times, I'll I'll just try and forget about it. I mean. It, it, it is a real it is
0: a worry right oh yeah it's always there but i think you you know you just have to keep it as a positive worry not a a negative yeah. one and i'm i'm the same often it's to get back to the numbers and then yeah. you, you just remind yourself it's all fine or or get back to the detail or the numbers whichever one works for you so what's on on the to do list at the moment what's coming up
1: so we just kind of continue to, I think at last we've worked out what we need to do. And it's, you know, it's just, uh, we're just cycling through it, just building on all the assets that we've got. So we're adding to the blog, we're adding to our email lists, you know, we, we're refining and slowly growing all our PPC um, work. And so every everything seems to be sort of working and ticking over. I'm now starting to think about, you know, whether there's any legs in in kind of telling the story about the Cool shop and sort of having a, a side blog. Which will which will tell the story. And I'm getting a little bit excited about doing that. So that might be the next endeavor. Just to sort of talk about what we're doing somewhere on a blog.
0: I have to say, from all that I've I've experienced and you've been talking about today, I think there's there's an awful lot you could contribute within that blog. So I'd be you know, if it if it happens, let me know and we'll make sure we, we put some links out to it for you.
1: That'd be excellent. Thank you.
0: Okay. I think it's now time for the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Charles, are you ready to hit the top tips? Yeah. Excellent. So first up then, the book top tip. If everybody listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
1: Well, I had a look at your book actually. And I I like it a lot, customer manipulation, how to influence customers to buy more and why an ethical approach will always win. So, you know, to to me, that looks like an excellent read and Chloe, I'm not doing this because I'm on your your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But it does look like a a very sensible book. Um, Certainly, customers are easy to to sell to, and doing it in an honest and ethical way is really the only way to do it. Awesome.
0: Thank you, Charles. And you are the first person to recommend... Customer manipulation on the podcast. Well there we go. So there's there's a momentous moment. <laughs> ordinarily uh, Oh yeah, ordin-
1: yeah. Ordinarily I don't I don't really read too many books. I try and research topics on the internet and, and sort of test and do things myself. But I think I am gonna buy your book, Sorry.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, the traffic top tip next then. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
1: Um, I mean, for me, we just go all out on every channel, but there is perhaps one, um, and it does unfortunately require some investment, but there's perhaps one that could lead you uh, down a a golden path, and that would be the lead generation adverts in Facebook. So um, if, if, if businesses or bloggers are struggling to pick up email leads, Facebook is a very, very good place to turn to to generate those. Excellent. We are generating a lot of emails on Facebook.
0: Oh, there's a there's a really good tip for everybody if you're looking to grow your email list. Uh, next, the, oh, sorry, go on us. It
1: doesn't always work, but if you can get it to work, it can be very, very powerful for you.
0: And certainly one of the things I find with Facebook ads is what works for one person in the most amazing way is a total dog for another. So it is one That's of those cool. platforms where you have to test every little bit, not just... Once, um, yes. the tool top tip then maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug a phone up, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day?
1: We use Podio. It's a project management system. Um, everyone logs onto it when they wake up during the day, uh, and we communicate with each other through that. But it does provide a, a, a kind of project management structure. So. You set up a project and then tasks underneath that and you can assign tasks. It's quite a neat program. I think there are a few different ones out there. Um, It definitely beats email. You know, you can't really use email for for this type of thing.
0: You'd just have a a full inbox, wouldn't you, of lots of things you don't need to worry about yet or you do need to worry about or (laughs) lots of crazy.
1: So we don't use email for these things. We use coding.
0: Okay, and a startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them?
1: I would say go for it, right? I don't think um I don't think you should hold back on these things. And I think the sooner you can start the better. The sooner you can start making mistakes and learning from your mistakes, the better off you're going to be. I mean, I th- I think one thing that is probably quite important with these 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 types of ventures is to try to talk to people who've done it before. Um, I mean, definitely, If when I look back over the three or four years we've been doing this, we could have taken a more direct path. Absolutely, certainly we could have. And, you know, we might have found that path easier, more easily if we'd spoken to other people. I don't know for sure, but it seems like a sensible thing to do. But my my top tip would be do it.
0: <laughs> nice and succinct I like that uh, Plan World you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 63 Charles before we say goodbye would you like to remind listeners where they can find you and your business on the web and social media
1: yeah you can find us at www.thecoolshop.com and that's T-H-E-K-E-W-L-S-H-O-P Uh, We're on Facebook. That's the same name. On Instagram, we're the Cool Shop Official. We also have a a Twitter presence, which is the same name as well. But what I would uh, encourage everyone to do is to get a hold of us on live chat. We love to chat.
0: Excellent. So uh, we'll put links to all of that and everything else talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, again, you can find those at com forward slash 63, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Charles, thank you so much for being on the eCommerce Masterplan podcast today and for sharing so much of your in really interesting experience with us.
1: Thank you, Chloe. It's a pleasure. It really was.
0: Well, lots of really clear advice there from Charles about how to differentiate by focusing on your customer and your content and also around how to run a business that's truly global. I, I for one, really hope he starts writing that blog of how he's done it because I think we're all going to learn something from there. Um, as one of our subscribers, if you're enjoying the e-commerce master plan podcast, please do share it with your e-commerce friends or even chuck a uh, a review up on iTunes because that will help more people find it. Because the more people who listen, the more people I can help. Earlier this year, we published my brand new book, which uh, Charles was was very kind enough to to plug for me today. And it's called Customer Manipulation. And right now you can get the first chapter totally for free at customermanipulation.com. And it's also available on all the Amazon platforms. So grab your copy or grab your chapter, whichever level takes your fancy at the moment. Have a great week, everybody. And don't forget to keep optimising.